Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafaa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa amma ba'd. Please come closer inshaAllah. Those who are participating and those who are leaving can uh, proceed outside and close the doors inshaAllah. So yesterday we, we spoke about Surah Sabah. Alhamdulillah. Tawfiqillah. After Surah Sabah is the Surah Fatir. Fatir is a sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fatir refers to the one who is uh, Al-Khaliq bin Adam, the one who created from brought things into existence from a state of non-existence. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Fatir is the one who is the creator bringing things into existence from non-existence and without a model, without a blueprint. That it has that additional connotation more than and above and beyond Khaliq, the creator. Allah Ta'ala begins the surah by describing his sifa. Alhamdulillahi fatir al-samawati wal-ard all praise belongs to Allah, who is the originator uh, of the heavens and the earth. Malaika, The one who created the angels. So this is uh, starting off with the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, introducing this sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And different attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are mentioned. The greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expounded upon. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that Ya Yuhannas in Nawadullah Haq O mankind, verily the promise of Allah is the truth. The promise of Allah is the ultimate truth. Do not forget that. Whatever Allah has promised is definitely coming to pass. May the worldly life not deceive you, not beguile you, do not be deceived by this worldly life. May the deception of this world not lead you astray. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us, Inna shaytana lakum aduwan. Verily shaytan is your enemy. Fattakhiduhu aduwa. So regard him to be your enemy. You know, Allah ta'ala is identifying for us, saying, watch out, he is your enemy. Inna ma yadu'u hizbahu liyakunu min ashabi sa'ir. Verily he is inviting his group to join him and be amongst the dwellers of the fire. This is the promise that he had taken to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That la'ukhuyannahum ajma'in, I will misguide all of Banu Adam. And I will take them with me into the fire. He had asked respite from Allah and Dhirni ila yomi ba'athun, grant me time till the day of judgment. Qala innaka minal mundarin. Allah had given him respite till the day of judgment. So he comes with different attacks. First attack is he tries to take a person away from Islam itself. And this is a very dangerous attack. Because if a person leaves the fold of Islam, whether he adopts another false faith of Christianity or Judaism, na'udhu billah, or he uh, leaves all faiths and has no faith, becomes agnostic or atheist. In this case, the person will now permanently be entered into the fire of Jahannam and will be, there's no way for that individual to enter the Jannah. Because Iman is a shart and a condition for Najat. Iman is a condition for salvation. So this is the first line of attack of Shaitan. And then uh, if that fails, then shaitan, while a person is remaining a Muslim, will try to get him involved in, in, in shahawat, in, in different sins. So if kufr fails, then involve him in fisk. And if a person does not fall into that, like for, uh, instead of coming to the masjid, you'll say go to the na'udhu billah synagogue or the temple or the church 
or do not believe in a God. That's the first line. Second line is if a person insists on going to the masjid, if that doesn't work, then he goes to the second, is go to the bar, the casino, or the places of sin. And if that fails, then the third attack is a person is coming to the masjid, then to affect his niyyah and concentration, such that the salah is not acceptable, not worthy of acceptance. Rasulullah said, Inna rajula min salatihi. A person performs his salah and gets up and goes. Some people, they do not get any reward. Some get illa nisfuha, sulsuha, rubuha, humsuha, sutsuha, subuha, thumnuha, ashruha, tusuha, ashruha. Some get one half, one third, one fourth, one fifth, one sixth, one seventh, one eighth, one ninth, one tenth. So the proportions keep on changing of how much reward a person is going to get based on the, the fractions are reducing or increasing based on the level of concentration in the salah. And the salah becomes like the salah of the hypocrites. When they stand to perform salah, they perform salah in a lazy manner. To show others, they're not remembering Allah in the least. So this is an attack of shaitan. Or the niyyah is there for other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever performs salah to show other than Allah is committing a shirk as well. Allah so, inna shaitanu lakum aduwan. Different levels of attacks of shaitan. No one is immune from the attack of shaitan. The only way we can seek protection from the unseen enemy is drawing the help of the unseen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Seek the protection of Allah from shaitan. Because Allah is, if shaitan is invisible to us, then Allah's army is invisible to shaitan. No one has the knowledge of the army of Allah besides Allah. So if you want to protect ourselves from an invisible enemy, the only way is to ally ourselves with that Allah whose army is invisible to our invisible enemy. This is Fakhruddin Razi rahmatullah when he does a tafsir in the tafsir al-kabir of A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, he explains in such a manner. There's no way you can guard yourself from an invisible enemy unless you gain the protection of that supreme being whose army is invisible to your invisible army. And that is a protection of Allah. لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ وَهُوَ يُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ when the eyes cannot encompass Allah, Allah speaks about that, includes the eye of Iblis. So Iblis cannot track Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above and beyond the comprehension of Iblis. So if Allah is protecting you, قُلْ shayatin. Say, O oh my Rabb, I seek your protection from the whisperings of shaitan. No one else can protect us from shaitan besides, uh, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on and he speaks, um, very uh, uh, ayah that is quoted very often, reminding us about how much we are in need of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Ayat number fifteen: Ya yuhannas, O mankind, antum al ilallah. You are the ones who are always perpetually in need of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. You need Allah Taala at every stage of your life, from your coming into existence and continuing to remain in a state of existence, and as you are growing. Every stage of your development, you are in need of Allah. Wallahu huwa al-ghani hamid It is Allah who is uh, independent of His creation. And He is the one worthy of all praise. So never for a moment can we believe ourselves to be independent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the height of arrogance. This is called istighna. Amma man istighna, the one who makes istighna, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was told, that you should not even pay attention to them. 
Why are you going after the people who have istighna? Istighna means they feel they do not need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah Abbas, Allah ta'ala is advising Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do not waste your time with such people who consider themselves independent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى وَكَذَّبَ بِالْحُسْنَى فَسَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْعُسْرَى Allah will make the path of Jahannam easy for them, will pave it for them, those who have istighna, who feel they do not need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This was a kalam of the Yahud who said that لَقَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلِ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ فَقِيرُ وَنَحْنُ أَغْنِيَا They switched it around. One of them said that your Allah is a faqir and we are aghniya, we are rich. That's why he's asking us for zakat and sadaqah. So Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu smacked him and hit him and did not tolerate that disrespect of Allah and then he lodged a complaint against him in the court of Rasulullah sallallahu and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah describing the full detail of what happened as he skipped that part of when he went to lodge the complaint. Battery, assault charges. He did not have witnesses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, you do not have any human witness in your favor to describe the true record, what happened. Uh, Allah revealed the ayah in the Quran. So they said, Inna Allah faqir wa nahnu Allah is faqir, we are rich. Allah says, no, antum al-fuqara, you are the fuqara. Allah is the ghani. It's the other way around. So, this, this concept is not limited to the Yehud and the Rasulullah the atheists of today they say that uh, the same thing you know we do not need God or, or Nishay says that God is dead na'udhu billah i.e. the concept of God or it's a social construct that it was different needs people could not understand what's happening around in the universe and they were frightened so um, God created man and then man created God na'udhu billah so if, if man created God, then how was God existing to create man in the first place? <laughs> anyway, that whole thing is batil. Uh, Allah Ta'ala says here, Wallahu huwal hamid. You need Allah, Allah does not need you. Allah was always there. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is wajib al-wujud. There's mustahir al-wujud, wajib al-wujud, and mumkin al-wujud. With respect to being in existence, there are three, three different um, categories. One is... Um, Wajibul wujud, meaning necessarily existing. There is no concept of any existence without its pre-existence, and he was always in existence. He's awalu bila bidaya, the first without a beginning, bila the last without an ending. And he is the creator of time and space. He is the khaliq zamani wal makan. And after creating time and space, there was no change in his attributes. So how he was before creating time and space? He is the same after creating time and space. He is not bound by time and space. He is the wajib al-wujud. Necessarily, continually, always, permanently, azali and abadi. Um, azali has no beginning. Abadi has no ending. The soul is not azali. It has a definite beginning. But it is abadi. Because khalidina fiha abada. Now the fiha, is it fil jannah or fil nar? That's a big question. But both cases is khalidina fiha Abada, they'll remain therein forever. The, where is the therein? What's the antecedent of the pronoun? That's the big question. Is fiha is it fil jannah or is it fil nar? So the soul is abadi. Our soul, after it's created, is never going to die. Yes, our temporary worldly life will come to an end. And the definition of death is infisal ruh min al jasad, the separation of the ruh from the body. But the ruh continues on. This was the belief of the mushrikun. Inhi illa hayatuna dunya namutu wa nahya. That life ends with this worldly life. Um, but we believe that the soul is continuing. That's why it's intiqal. 
intaqala ila rahmatillah has moved on passed on to the akhirah it's not the end of the road it's the beginning of the new chapter <coughs> so it's wajib al-wujud then the opposite is mustahir al-wujud that which is impossible for it to come into existence so there are many things which they just inherently can never come into existence the, they only exist at a conceptual level but not in a real physical world and that is for example shariq, shariqullah partner of Allah so at a conceptual level okay a partner of Allah but haqiqatan there can be no partner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> and Allah Ta'ala gives many proofs of that. لَوْ كَانَ فِيهِمَا آلِهَةٌ إِلَّا اللَّهِ لَفَسَدَتَا If there are multiple gods and they would have different, they would be issuing for different commands of how the universe should run. The sunnah, sunnatullah allati ajraha fil kawn, the taqweeni umur, how should things happen in the universe, in existence. So if there were two of them, there are a number of options. You know, there, it's either one or two. So if you say, fine, there's, let's go with the option of two, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in this ayah, that is one stronger than the other, or they're both at the same level? If one is stronger and one is weaker, the stronger one, his rule would be impl- uh, implemented, and the, uh, the less strong one, the weaker one would have to follow. So the stronger one is a God, and the second one is less strong, then by definition that there is another being stronger than him, he's not God. So you can't count the weaker one. So the weaker one is out, he's not a God, you go back to one God. And if they're both at the same strength, same power, same power, same ability, then they would be commanding different things, and the universe would be in chaos. If there are multiple gods at the same strength, same power, the heavens and the earth would be destroyed. So this whole, uh, in this uh, division, this chart that we are going, this tree diagram, this uh, dead end on this side. There's no way it makes sense to have multiple gods. So we have to take the other route. And that is that there is only one God. La ilaha illahu. So sharik of Allah, partner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, conceptually is there, but it's mustahil al-wujud. And what are we? We are mumkin al-wujud. That means our presence and not presence, both are possible. We could not have been created and the world would have carried on. And we can be created, and it just so happens that Allah has chosen to create us. So that, that's the nature of our existence. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He does not need any of His creation. He is a khaliq bila haja. He created us without needing us. Because He wanted to manifest His sifat of khalq. This is a, a, a deeper aqidah discussion. Going on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وَزِرَ أُخْرَى No soul will bear the burden of the sin of anyone else. Wizrun is a burden. The wazir is the one who bears the burden of responsibility that has been entrusted to him by the king. That is why he's known as a wazir. He carries a wizard. Wizard is a burden. Um, these are two ayats that come back to back many places in the Quran. وَلَيْسَ لِلْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَى وَلَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وَزِرَ أُخْرَى لَا تَزِرُ وَازِرَةٌ وَزِرَ أُخْرَى means no one will bear the sin of anyone else. There are certain, um, not exceptions from the rule, but certain things that could potentially be misunderstood that need to be clarified. When it means no one will bear anyone else's sin, what about 
if you establish a sinful practice and people follow it, you'll get the sin. Like Qabil, Nabi said, Lahu kiflun, he has a share of every qatl ila yawmil qiyamah, till the end of the day of judgment. Because he committed the what? First murder. Um, so there's a sin of establishing a bad practice for the first time. And everyone who follows that, you will get the sin of that based on the fact that you established that. So that is your own visitor, own sin. And otherwise you're not, it won't transfer. Like if there are multiple people committing murders now and a person did not establish a murder for the first time. So whoever murdered in the, whoever would be the second or third murderer, he would not get the sin of all the murders to follow. It's only the first one. There is a hadith that uh, explains this. Man sanna fil islami sunnatan sayyi'ah Whoever established the bad practice in the deen, فَعَلِيهِ وِزْرُهَا وَوِزْرُ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا Then he will receive the sin of that, the wizard, again the burden. وَوِزْرُ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا And the burden of that sin, إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ On the other hand, وَمَنْ سَنَّ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ سُنَّةً حَسَنًا Whoever established a good practice, فَلَهُ أَجْرُهَا وَأَجْرُ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا Who will receive the good deed and the good deed of whoever does it إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ good deed being decreased and without anyone else's sin being decreased so it's not that if someone established uh, uh, um, if someone established a sin and all the people who are following after in the sin they're, they're off do you smell something? is burning oh it's maybe they turn the heat on because it's snowing I saw huh? Uh, sometimes when they turn the heat on after a while, then it gives that burning smell. Huh? Yeah, subhanAllah. I don't know if you're muqaddar to become shaheed tonight. <laughs> I don't think. But that we should watch out, huh? Direct no, it's not, yeah, we, so, okay. So, um, yeah, so the, the sin, everyone who falls afterward, they'll get their own sin, and the one who originated gets his original sin. And the one who does the good deeds afterwards will get their own good deeds. <laughs> So this is the this is the thing about wizard and this is about uh, ajr. One question uh, comes that uh, what about isal thawab? A person does not have anything to his credit except for that which he earned himself. What about if somebody does ithala sawab, you make the niyyah, you make tilawah and you say Allahumma osil thawab hadha or Allah allow the good deed of this uh, action, the reward of this action to go to the soul of so and so. So this is permissible and this has been proven from ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you can gift the reward of the good deed what um, this وَلَيْسَ الْإِنسَانِ إِلَّا مَا سَعَوْ is referring to iman sa'i of iman no one who does not have iman can receive benefit from any family member that has have iman Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the, the examples of the core family members in the Quran like Ibrahim alayhi salam, his iman will not help Azar the father. And Nuh alayhi salam's iman will not help his son Kanaan. And Lut alayhi salam's iman will, will not help his wife Illa Ajuzan fil Ghabirin. And um, Asi alayhi salam, her iman will not help Fir'aun. Right? So all of these core members are mentioned in the Quran. However, once a person has iman and was able to enter Jannah through their own iman, then having righteous family members will help. Will help in upgrading in Jannah. Will not help in entering Jannah. 
And the reason it'll help in upgrading in Jannah is for the benefit of those who are at the higher level. Whether they are the children or the parents. Whoever is at the higher level. Whoever is at a higher level between parents and children, Allah will elevate the status of the ones at the lower level so that the ones at the higher level can enjoy their company. Parents, children, offspring, husbands and wives also will be together. So the husband is at a higher level, the wife will be upgraded. Wife is at a higher level, husband will be upgraded. So having pious family members is helpful for upgrading in Jannah but not for entrance in Jannah. You still have to make effort for, to enter it. So this is a summary of that whole discussion. Oh yeah, were, yeah. So this is also a, a, a big um, a refutation of the concept of original sin. So Adam alayhi salam and Hawa alayhi salam, they made a mistake, and then after that, Allah Taala had given them the command, and they forgot. Different ayats Allah Taala speaks about Adam alayhi salam. He made the mistake, and Hawa alayhi salam made a mistake. The Bible tells us that it was Hawa alayhi salam who uh, misguided Adam. The Quran doesn't say that. The Christians were the ones who came with the theory that it was her fault, the mother, and she convinced Adam alayhi salam. And that is why uh, they had a very low opinion about women in general. And they, till several centuries, uh, they debated whether a woman even has a soul or not, whether she's a subhuman category. The Quran says, Inna al-Muslimina wal-Muslimat wal-Mu'minina wal-Mu'minat. And we've been talking about gender roles like day and night for the last few days to point that you take a break from that discussion. Okay, so um, those in Itikaf know what I'm talking about. Those who are not can hear online perhaps. So then anyway, then when they made, then Allah Ta'ala says, فَتَلَقَى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّي كَلِمَاتِ Allah Ta'ala taught Adam Alayhi Salaam special kalimat how to make dua. He was crying for 40 years. Then Allah Ta'ala taught him how to make dua. رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا قَالَا رَبَّنَا Both of them said, رَبَّنَا ظَلَمْنَا أَنفُسَنَا وَإِلَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّا مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Allah forgave them and it was the end of it. So the Christians have this concept of opposite of this. That every child of Adam and daughter of Hawa uh, is carrying this original sin. Why? Because our forefather committed this sin so we are also sinful. And the only way it's like the opposite of the Yehud the Yehud said that our forefathers are Anbiya نحن Allah. in fact we are the sons of Allah <laughs> not only Jesus is the son of God we are all sons of God we are the sons of Allah and the most beloved ones so our forefathers were prophets so we are all great and the Christians said no 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 our forefather was sinful and we are all sinful so uh, then what happened is now, the, I mean, then the whole, whole aqidah of that Isa al-Islam, is the son of God. So God loved a human being so much that he sent his only begotten son unto earth. And then he suffered and died on the cross. The whole thing from the beginning to the end doesn't make sense. And then uh, he, like, now he took upon himself the sin of all humanity and he said, okay, put all the sin of humanity upon me. First of all, the sin from Adam went to all human beings. And then all the sin from all the human beings is like transferred back. Uh, to, uh, to the begotten son of God this is called naqlul kufri laysa bi kufrin narrating a statement of kufr is not kufr naqlul kufri bi niyati raddil kufri laysa bi kufrin this kufr comes three times in the statement naqlul kufr narrating a statement of kufr bi niyati raddil kufr with intention of refuting that kufr laysa bi kufrin is not kufr otherwise the Quran says Jesus is the son of God it's in the Quran 
Masih ibn Allah, Jesus son of God. It's in the Quran. In Uzair ibn Allah, Uzair son of God is also in the Quran. But how so? It's narrating a statement, Surah At-Tawbah. وَقَالَتِ الْيَهُودُ The Yehud say, Uzair ibn Allah, Uzair son of God. وَقَالَتِ nasara The Christians say, Masih ibn Allah, Masih son of God. ذَلِكَ قَوْلُهُمْ بِأَفْوَاهِمْ This is their false allegations and false statements. He's pure from having any offspring. This is such an enormous statement. The enormity of it is such that the heavens are ready to split asunder. The earth is ready to be split open. The mountains are ready to crumble into dust. How dare you declare that Rahman has a son? It's not a normal thing to say. So this is called naqlul kufr Just like naqlul talaq If someone says that If a mufti is saying that Fulan said talaq In light of the morning discussion You know So he said Zaid said uh, I give my wife three talaqs So it, I mean it's a pretty scary thing I just said But the last part He said I gave my wife three talaqs Is a, narrating, a narration of the statement of Zaid So it will not affect the nikah Of the individual who said it in this case, myself, right? <laughs> so if, if I'm narrating a statement of Zaid, but it's, it's, it's very important because if without intention, it's effective. So naqal al-kufr, let's become. Anyway, so the, they, God sent His only begotten Son, a fi qawlin nasara, per the nasara, and He took upon Himself the sins of all of the Banu Adam. And then whoever believes uh, that Jesus died on the cross as our Savior, then what? It, that is sufficient for salvation. Now what happens, interesting thing is first of all the fact that the original sin transferred, that didn't make sense. Then it transferred back. But it was a great deal because it wasn't just the original sin that transferred. What happened? All your sins, like everything that you actually are guilty of committing in your life, those also transferred. It was a, unto who? Unto Jesus. The Billah ibn Allah, according to them. So, avoiding sin, I mean they're not preaching like in Christian church that go ahead and sin. But what they're, at the end of the day, all you got to do is believe that Jesus was your savior and then you're good to go. It's, it's a, I mean, while you're at it, try to avoid sin as much as possible, but it's really not the bad, bad, uh, the end of the world. Because all your sins are what? Forgiven. You just have to believe that Jesus is your savior. In fact, in some, one interfaith meeting I personally was at, the Christian colleague said that, you know, we are so humble that we believe in our savior and we believe that we cannot enter paradise based on our own actions. Uh, whereas you guys are so proud as Muslims that you think that you can enter paradise based on your own actions. We have a savior, you have no savior. Lana mawla wa la mawla lakum type of thing. So then I said, uh, absolutely not. You know, it's time to be corrected. Please forgive me, but I want to um, uh, correct my, what my respected colleague just mentioned. We also have a savior. Your savior is Jesus, uh, our savior is Allah. And then, did you just make that up uh, to save your face? No. Who said so? Our Prophet said so. The Prophet said that, you know, you just said that this is a very arrogant perspective that you think you can enter paradise based on your own actions, whereas we are so humble, we are entering paradise based on Jesus being our Savior. Well, guess what? Our Prophet said exactly opposite of that. He said, none of you will enter Jannah based on your own actions. Then the Sahaba said, Wala anta ya Rasulullah. What about you, O Rasulullah? Qala wala ana. Either, neither I can enter Jannah based on my actions. Illa yatagamadini. Allahu bi rahmati. Unless Allah Ta'ala completely enshrouds me with His mercy. Then you'll say, okay, what's the point of the amal? The point of the amal is these are obligations from Allah. 
we know full well we will never be able to fulfill the right of them. Right of Allah. Because the pinnacle of ibadah was Rasulullah and he himself said, I can never worship you the way you deserve to be worshipped. His ibadah is the pinnacle, the model, Salluka ma raitumuni usalli, pray salah the way you see me performing salah. The model said, the perfect model, the most humanly perfect model said, I cannot fulfill the right. Because I'm creation, Allah is creator, I'm finite, He's infinite, we can never fulfill the right of the infinite. What about us? So we're just attempting our best, making our best attempt to draw the mercy of Allah, to do what He commanded us to the best of our ability, to abstain from what He prohibited us to the best of our ability, and seeking acceptance of our good deeds and seeking forgiveness for our sins. Fearing His uh, adab and hoping for His rahmah and mercy. And we're hoping for that, you know, one amal that may please Him and then He will forgive everything else. But we have a Savior and our Savior is not our actions, our Savior is... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all the sins, so the, so the transmission of the sins is going in many directions in that aqidah. From Adam and, uh, to every, from Hawa to Adam and Adam to everyone else and then everyone else back to uh, Isa alayhi salam. Wallahu, uh, and he, Allah and Isa and everyone are bari from all of this. And Allah ta'ala will address Isa alayhi salam on the day of judgment. And he'll say, um, Did you tell the people? Make me and my mother gods besides Allah. Allah was going to interrogate. This interrogation is mentioned in the Quran. That will happen the day of judgment. Did you tell the people? Make me and my mom as gods besides Allah. He will say, Oh Allah, you are pure. How in the world can I say something? I have no right to say that. And in kuntu qultuhu faqad alimtahu. If I did say something like that, nature is such an abhorrent thing, you would know it. Ta'alamu wa fi nafsi. You know what's in my heart. Wala alamu wa fi nafsi. I don't know what's in your heart. Inna ka anta alamu al-ghiyub. You're the one who has a complete knowledge of the unseen. Ma qultu lahum illa ma amartani bihi. I only told them what you commanded me to say. What did I tell them? An yabudullaha rabbi wa rabbakum. Worship Allah who is my rabb and your rabb. I was witnessing what they were doing. They never said something like this when I was alive. When you called me back up, you airlifted me out. Ibrahim Islam came, airlifted him out, and his house was surrounded by the Roman soldiers. Allah cursed the face of the one who, who was a traitor to make him look like Isa Islam. And is the ultimate biggest case of mistaken identity in the history of the world. There was a guy on the cross, but it's the wrong guy, right? It's all the people right across the street are. Polish church, may Allah guide them and guide us. So they have a cross, right? And there's a guy on the cross, but there was a guy on the cross, but it was not Isa alayhi salam. It was the munafiq. So that's why when Isa alayhi salam comes back, he's going to tell everyone, I was there, and that was not me. And that's the best part of the whole thing. When Isa alayhi salam comes back, وَإِمَّنْ أَهْلِ الْكِتَابِ إِلَّا بِهِ They are going to accept Islam. Before Isa alayhi salam dies. Because he'll tell them, oh my dear followers, you are mistaken. I'm the actual Jesus, I'm coming back to tell you. Jesus shall return. You've been saying that forever, right? I am back. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that was not me. This is the real story. So they will accept Islam. This is in the Quran. They did not kill him, they did not crucify him. They got confused. So Allah, Isa Islam will say, I didn't say that to them. When you called me back up, you were witnessing what they were doing. 
and ta'ala kulli shayin you know what everything is happening you're a shaheed you're watching everything now you have two options oh allah in tu'adhibhum fa innahum ibaduk if you punish them they're your slaves wa in taghfir lahum if you forgive them then you have the right you're the aziz you have all power you can do whatever you want so that is about the concept that um, beloved brother asked about moving forward allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, speaks about those who truly have ilm what their asifat are supposed to be allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inma yashallahu min ibadihi alulama those who have the ilm of deen they are the ones who truly fear allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where is aya um So this is a very important concept. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, إِنَّمَا يَشَاللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءِ Those who truly fear Allah are those who have ilm, the ulama. This brings us to the question of defining what is ilm in the Qur'an. So there are different types of knowledges that we have. There are the, the knowledge of secular things of the, in the world and the knowledge of the deen and the wahi. So knowledge of secular things of the world, studies, university, college, high school, it's all permissible in fact can be rewarding if you have the correct intention if a person is studying to uh, become a doctor to become an engineer to become a lawyer computer science whatever the case is and his intention could be to understand the qudrat of allah to understand the greatness of allah to be able to earn a livelihood as earning a livelihood is farad to be able to provide for his wife and children all to serve mankind to serve humanity these are all good intentions and the person will be rewarded for that but these are all subjects ulum of dunya these are known as funun sciences of the world and then there is another ilm which is the ilm of based on wahi revelation the sciences of the world will tell us how things happen but it will not answer the question of why they happen and it is the knowledge of wahi that tells us why right from our own existence how the fetus develops and how the, the child develops and becomes an adult and um, what are the different sicknesses and how to treat that like science and medicine will provide answers and is a continual process whereas the science of revelation wahi will tell us um, what is the purpose of this creation where did the soul come from where is the soul going why are we here in the first place right so the question of how through science is answered and the question of why through wahi is answered and wahi is the ultimate highest form of knowledge so we have how do we learn about our surroundings how do we learn how do we gain knowledge through our physical senses so we can see what's happening to a certain extent beyond the wall we can hear we can smell we can touch the physical senses hearing basar seeing shamama smelling touching this is how babies learn when they're crawling around Oh, they put something in the mouth, this is sweet, this is bitter, this, this hurts, this is soft, this is hard, this is, gives a shock. This is how we hear, we learn, and we gain knowledge about, from our surroundings. And then on top of all the physical senses, there's a faculty called aql, intelligence. And with the aql, we can uh, determine things beyond the physical senses. Like a person sees smoke from a distant valley, he did not put his hand in the fire to feel it, that it burns as a baby would put his hand in the fire nor did he see the fire burning, nor did he hear the fire burning the logs, or smell the smoke. He just saw, the, or smelled the fire. He saw, he saw it in a distance, but he knows. Why he does he know? Because he put two to two together, and his intellect will identify for him. That's the aql. 
So just like these senses have a limit and then other senses take over and then at the end is aql, then where the aql uh, ends, that's where the realm and jurisdiction of the wahi begins. So where the aql will fail and cannot provide answers and all the uqala and who are using their aql to figure out the answers to these problems? The philosophers. So where all the philosophers, their philosophy comes to an end and they are completely lost, that's where the wahi comes to the rescue. The divine revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the knowledge of revelation, that is the ilm of the deen. So what are the differences between the ilm of the deen and the ilm of dunya? One is based on wahi, one is based on experimentation. One is based on the scientific method. You have, a, you know, you have an idea, it's a hypothesis, you further test it, becomes a theory, further test it, becomes a law. Then as a couple of centuries goes down, and then that law is discarded, new law is there. So you have ancient Greeks understanding then you have Fulan, then you have Isaac Newton comes with his complete different understanding of physics, then you have, you know, Einstein comes and turns that around theory of relativity, right? So these things keep on changing. Whereas the knowledge of wahi is what? Unchanging, constant. Eternally relevant, constantly, uncha- constantly applicable, uh, universally applicable. It does not um, ever expire. It does not get outdated for the simple reason that it does not have any date on it. Ila yawmil qiyamah. So this is the knowledge of wahi versus the knowledge of the dunya. And this is one difference. Another difference is that the knowledge, yeah, yes, it's unchanging. So it never gets updated. Everything in the dunya gets updated. Whenever we see in the Quran, in the sunnah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving the virtues of ilm, He's giving the virtues of which ilm? The secular knowledge or the knowledge of wahi? So many times people are, they use the ayat of ilm, and the hadith of the fadl of ilm, of the wahi, and they're applying it to worldly knowledges. Worldly knowledge is there. It's, it's rewarding potentially if their correct intention is there. But otherwise, uh, it is not at the same level of the knowledge of wahi. Rasulullah uh, you know, encouraged worldly knowledge. I'm not trying to take it down and say that, or attack it and say it's worthless. Allah Ta'ala for example says Allah Ta'ala has subjugated for you whatever is in the heavens and the earth for your service. So how are we going to benefit from the creation if you don't study the creation? Whatever chemical properties are out there in the different plants to harness that and to you know, find cures for different sicknesses and the different forces of nature how to harness the energy from that. There's kinetic energy in the moving water in the waterfall and the air that's blowing, you harness that energy and create electricity that's lighting up the masajid and other non-masajid as well. <laughs> so you've benefited from, from that. That's all permissible and rewarding. But it's not the ilm of wahi. So the ilm of wahi is the one Allah Ta'ala says here. Like when he says, قُلْ هَلْ يَسَوِيَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Can those who have their ilm and those who do not have their ilm ever be equal? He's referring to the ilm of wahi. When he says, إِنَّمَا يَشْرَ min ibadi those who truly have fear of Allah or those who have ilm. So those who have like Nobel Prize in science, are they the most muttaqi? No. So there's some other ilm being referred to. In fact, when um, the chairman of the Department of Physics and, and Mathematics at Oxford University, um, when he wrote, his, you know, he was an astrophysicist, physicist of, he studied the physics of the, of the universe, of the galaxies. And Stephen Hawking, when he wrote that book, what does it call it? A Brief History of Time. Right? So he, after studying the universe and the cosmos at that level, at the pinnacle of his uh, 
of his knowledge in the world, leading authority, global authority, he came to the conclusion that it is mathematically impossible uh, for the universe to be created uh, haphazardly without, uh, even if you, not even if you believe in the Big Bang. We spoke about the Big Bang being proven from the Quran. Samawati wa kanata ratqan. The heavens and the earth were all compacted together. Fafataqnahuma, then I exploded it, Allah Ta'ala says. It was a Big Bang. And it was not just one Big Bang, you know, the continually expanding universe theory. We are continually expanding the universe. So he said that there, there needs to be an intelligent design, there, a designer. And the intelligent designer who designed the universe, there has to be one. He didn't say, I believe in God and I adopted Islam or Christianity. He just said, I believe in an intelligent design. So the entire scientific world mocked him, attacked him, and said, how dare you believe in that, you know, social construct of people, of cavemen, and cavewomen perhaps also. They both together believed in God. We are beyond that now. We are beyond the stone age. How can you believe in God? So then, it's like Hiraqal believed in Islam, and then he retracted because of the pressure. So he retracted his aqidah, belief in the one God. Allah Ta'ala says, those who believe in Allah and fear Allah, they are the ulama. So what, what does that mean? Science is not the ilm referred to in the Quran. The ilm of wahi is. Allah will elevate the status of those who have ilm on the day of judgment. So Allah will not be calling all the scientists. Right? If the scientist believes in Allah and has ilm of deen as well, then they definitely be called. But the scientist who doesn't believe in Allah will not be called. So all many times we see these ayat quoted and being applied to secular knowledge, which is not the... The, um, uh, the correct understanding of the ayat. When Rasul, these are just ayat. In the hadith, I mean, there's a whole chapters and chapters of a hadith. The superiority of the alim over an abid is like my superiority over the least amongst you. The one who has ilm versus the one who has ibadah, not fasiq. The superiority of an alim, the one who has ilm versus the one who is doing worship, is like my superiority over the least amongst you. So who's, which ilm is he referring to? Ilm of wahi. May Allah Ta'ala grant us that. Some portion of that. So this is an ayah. And then moving forward, Allah Ta'ala says, ثُمَّ أَوْرَثْنَا الْكِتَابِ Ayah 32. We'll stop with this one. ثُمَّ أَوْرَثْنَا الْكِتَابِ الَّذِينَ اصْطَفَيْنَا مِنْ عِبَادِنَا Then we have given this book as an inheritance to those whom we have selected from our servants. So this refers to the entire ummah of Rasulullah wasallam has been selected by Allah. اصْطَفَيْنَا Allah Ta'ala uses the words for this ummah that the same word He used for the Anbiya. The Anbiya have been selected by Allah, so has this Ummah has the word of Istifa. Like Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu is what? Mustafa and Mujtaba. So Allah Ta'ala says, وَاجْتَبَاكُمْ You have been selected. And over here He says, Istafayna, We have selected you to be the recipients of this revelation. In the sense that your Nabi, it was revealed upon him, and from him it was, you received it. Now, how do we respond to this revelation we got? Allah Ta'ala mentions three categories. فَمِنْهُمْ ظَالِمٌ لِنَفْسِهِ First category are doing a great dhulm to whom? To themselves. By neglecting its rights. The second category is muqtasid. They're going halfway forward and back, back and forth. They do something good, they get closer, they fulfill some rights, they start learning tajweed, start picking up tilawat in Ramadan, then they forget afterwards. Then they come back when they go for hajj, then they make toba, then they go back. Then, um, so this is the middle, middle people, middle category. And number three, bil khayrat. Those who are far ahead of the pack, sabiquna, sabiquna, ulaikal, 
muqarrabun, they're close to Allah Ta'ala, sabiq. Those are ahead of everyone. Bil khayrat in good deeds. Now these people who are far ahead, Allah Ta'ala adds here the word bi'idhnillah with the permission of Allah. Meaning they should not feel that if they're far ahead it's because of their own accomplishments or their own, uh, it is their own accomplishment and through their own effort, but rather they need to attribute that success back to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. ذَلِكَ وَالْفَضْلُ الْكَبِيرِ Somebody asked Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, like who are these three categories? She said, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, the sabiqoon al-awwalun, they were the sabiqoon bil khayrat. And those who came after them, they were the muqtasid. And the zalimun nafsi, that's myself and you. Subhanallah. So where do we lie? And then Allah Ta'ala concludes by saying, Jannatu adanin yadkhuluna, these people who are far ahead, they will enter the jannah, yuhallawna fiha min asawira min dhahabin wa lu'lu'a. They'll be wearing bangles of gold and pearls. So, walibasuhum fiha harir, and their clothing will be of silk. So the silk of Jannah and the gold of Jannah, this is permissible and a gift from Allah for the men as well. Men and women. In this dunya, it is prohibited for the men. And they will say, all praise to Allah who has removed from us all grief. We had a lot of grief and sadness and difficulty in the world. Now He has removed us, in, removed it from us. He is a forgiving, merciful. He is the one who brought us into this Jannah, place of staying forever and ever, Muqamah. And he brought us what? Because of our effort? No. See, there's a savior again. Min fadlihi, from his fadl. He brought us here from his fadl. لا يمسونا فيها نصب ولا يمسونا فيها لغوب No hardship, no pain, no anxiety, no stress is going to t- touch us here. On the other hand, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَهُمْ نَارُ جَهَنَّمْ For them is the fire of Jahannam. لا يُغْضَى عَلَيْهِمْ فَيَمُوتُوا Neither is any decision made for them to die and end the pain. ولا يُخَفَّفُ عَنْهُمْ مِنْ عَذَابِيَا Nor is there any decrease in the pain. This is how the disbelievers are treated by Allah. They'll be calling out in there, screaming, Rabbana akhrijna, O Allah, take us out. Na'amal salihan, we'll do good deeds. Other than those that we did in our worldly life. Allah will respond back, Did we not give you enough umar in life that those who would like to seek advice and take counsel could have taken counsel and advice and heed? And the warner came to you and told you, now you to- taste the torment of Jahannam. And the transgressors will have no one to help them. So there's no tafsir required for this. It's straight up. This is the walaqad yasrana al-Qur'ana, the dhikr portion of it. Where, I mean, you just read the translation, it's sufficient if we have paid any attention to make us, wake us up from our slumber and give us, uh, and make us make tawbah and cry to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the situation that Allah ta'ala pre- presents of the Ahlul Jannah and the Ahlul Nar. One side they're saying, La imasuna fiya nasab, oh, no tiredness, no exhaustion, no anxiety. They're enjoying the pearls and the bangles and the harir and the silk. Alhamdulillah, alladhi adhab anna al-hazan. Allah Ta'ala brought us from his father. The other side they're screaming, just look at the peril. Rabbana uh, akhrijna, take us out from here. Allahu Akbar. Allah is saying, awalam nu'ammirkum, Umar. Didn't I give you enough Umar life? You could have taken heed. Warner came, you ignored now there is no one to help you. So this is, this is the outcome. This is Jannah or Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and our family once and our loved ones from the fire of Jahannam and grant us admittance into Jannah. Wa akhudawan. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, Muhtazim, this program will be starting soon. Inshallah.